Disclaimer. In this chapter, we will be discussing the assault and murder of many women. This chapter may be triggering for some listeners, and this will be the only warning, so please do not listen if you're sensitive to this topic. Welcome back to our Green River Killer story. In this second and final part, we are going to discuss and dive right into all the details of the victims of Gary Ridgway's crimes and shine a light on the evil streak he left behind. Can't wait. Let's do it. Honestly, the reason why I decided to like do the part two and get into some of the victims, because like it might be a little repetitive, but something that you said, Shar, was... Um, you know, people remember this the killer. They remember the killer's name. But people don't ever remember the victim's names. They can't sit there and list like 43 mm-hmm. names. It's almost sadly easier to just be like, oh yeah, the Green River killer victims. Yeah. So that's kind of what I mean by shining light on that uh, darkness. Mm-hmm. So without yeah. further ado, uh, let's get into the Green River homicide victims. In July and August of 1982, the bodies of five young women were found in or near the Green River in South King County, Washington. It soon became evident to investigators that there was a serial killer actively operating in the King County area. The first five victims we are going to talk about were found in or near the Green River. Wendy Lee Caulfield was 16 years of age and last seen on July 8, 1982 in the Tacoma, Washington area. Her body was found in the Green River under the Peck Bridge. The Peck Bridge is located where the Fraser Road and Kent Des Moines Road intersect in Kent, Washington. Deborah Lynn Bonner was 23 years of age. She had been missing since July 15, 1982, from South 216th Street and Pacific Highway South, south of the SeaTac Airport. Her body was found on August 12, 1982, in the Green River near Kent, Washington. So that's like June, July, August, so almost like a month later she was found. Yeah. Marsha Faye Chapman was 31 years of age. She was last seen leaving her home near South 188th Street and Pacific Highway South on August 1st, 1982. So he was very um, active at this time. Her body was found in the Green River on August 15th, 1982. Cynthia Jean Hines was 17 years of age and last seen on August 11th, 1982 in the area of South 200th Street and Pacific Highway South. Her body was recovered in the Green River near Kent, Washington on August 15th, 1982. Opal Mills was 16 years of age. She last spoke with her family on August 12, 1982, when she made a collect call home from South 194th Street and Pacific Highway South. So, lots of similarities there. Her body was recovered next to the Green River near Kent, Washington, once again, August 15, 1982. Tracy Winston was 19 years of age. She was last seen on September 12, 1983 at 6 p.m. at the Northgate Mall. 
Her body was found on March 27, 1986 in Cottonwood Park at South 238th Street and Fraser Road, one mile from the Peck Bridge. The next victims that we are going to go over were all found around Star Lake Road or honestly like along the road mm-hmm. in South County. Gail Matthews was 23 years old and was last seen on April 10th, 1983, around 6 p.m. Once again, she was last spotted. Sorry. Once again, she was last spotted south 216, nope, near South 216th Street and Pacific Highway South. So Pacific Highway South must be like the the highway that they all Yeah would work across Um, yeah her body was found on september 18th 1983 at south star lake road and 51st ave south dolores laverne williams was 17 years of age she was last seen in march of 1983 at a bus stop outside the red line inn on pacific highway south Her body was found on March 31st, 1984, near South 53rd Street and Star Lake Road. Terry Renee Milligan was 16 years old. She was last seen on August 29th, 1982, near South 144th Street and Pacific Highway South. Her body was found on April 1st, 1984, near Star Lake Road. Sandra Gabbert was 17 years old and last seen on April 17th, 1983, um, near South 142nd Street and Pacific Highway South. Her body was found on April 2nd, 1984 at Star Lake Road and 55th Avenue South. Alma Smith was 18 years of age. She was last seen on March 3rd. 1983, near South 188th Street and Pacific Highway South. Her body was found on April 2nd, 1984, at South 277th Street and Lake, oh, and Star Lake Road. Carrie Ann Royce was 15 years old. She was last seen between May 13th, 1983 and June 13th, 1983. Her so body was the was, youngest? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Her body was found March 10th, 1985, in a swampy area off the Star Lake Road. So something just like, I guess not really interesting, but it stands out to me that, you know, she was missing the lar- longest and she was found later on. Um like, it took them a little bit longer to find her, and she was in a swampy area off of it where he would usually just, like, leave them along the side kind of thing. Yeah. I almost feel like he knew that she was 15, and, like, perhaps, like, he felt even more scared of what he had done to her than he did maybe with other people. That's possible. Absolutely. Notice a little bit of a difference there in his... uh mo of leaving the body remains of the women um were all found near where highway 18 intersects no wait one sec okay so moving on to highway 18 and i-90 in eastern king county 
so these are the homicide victims found in that area. Tina Marie Thompson was 22 years of age and last seen on July 25th, 1983, between 1.30 and 3 a.m. at South 144th Street and Pacific Highway South. Her body was found on April 20th, 1984, near Highway 18 and Southeast 104th Street, south of the Highway 18 I-90 interchange. So... Like, this is a lot. Like, it's a, like, it makes it that much more real and impactful. Like, mm-hmm. realities and the dates. Like, this man was at work. He says yeah. that this was his career because it was. Yeah. This was all of his time. How did he make money? How did he survive? Well, he had a full-time job, but, uh, I mean, don't forget, I think, what was it? I want to say 49 he pled guilty to 49 murders when in fact the number in his estimate was over 80. Yeah. But he still had that full-time job working at Kenworth. Yeah, true. Which honestly, like obviously I'd say because they ended up like linking him to some victims through the paint connected to Kenworth. Um, Kentworth? Whatever. I just... I, I bet you he would, like, fucking run out, like, either right after work or at lunch break and just, like, do what he had to do. Maureen Sufini was 19 years of age. She was last seen on September 23rd, 1983, between 5 and 6 p.m. at 1515 East Madison Street in Seattle. Her body was found on May 2nd, 1986, on the east side of Highway 18, near Southeast 104th Street. And moving on to exit 38 along the I-90. So these, um, the remains of these women were all found near exit 38 off of I-90. Delise Plasier was 22 years old and she was last seen October 30th, 1983 at 3 p.m. at a bus stop on Beacon Hill. Her body was found February 14th, 1984 near exit 38 off I-90. So lots of, uh, I don't know, lots of, lots of victims found, or lots of victims last seen at bus stops. Yeah. And there, he had a word for, um, he, so he was dumping in the Green River and then he was dumping near the airport and other places, but they were always in like clusters. And he yeah. had like pet names for e- each one of those areas. I can't remember off the top of my head what they were. Gross. Mm-hmm. It's also sad. She was found on Valentine's Day. Just, I don't know. Just so gross. Lisa L. Yates was 21. She was last seen between December 17th and December 23rd, 1983. Her body wasn't found until March 13th, 1984, near Exit 38, off I-90. Kimberly Nelson was 20 years of age and was last seen on November 1st, 1983, about 11 a.m. at a bus stop outside Ben Carroll Motel on Pacific Highway South. Her body was found on June 13th, 1986, on Garcia Road, approximately three miles from Exit 38, off I-90. 
the remains of these women that we are about to go over were found near Highway 410, 410, east of Enumclaw, Washington. Enumclaw. Interesting. Debbie May Abernathy. Do we... I was going to say that that name is so familiar, but I think that maybe one of the characters is based after this person in the movie. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Debbie May Abernathy was 16 years old. She was last seen September 5th, 1983 at 8th Avenue and Pike Street in downtown Seattle. Her body was found on March 31st, 1984 on a logging road of Highway 410 near Milepost 37. Mary Sue Bello was 25 years of age and last seen on October 11th, 1983 in the Magnolia area of Seattle. Her body was found on October 12th, 1984 near Milepost 34 on Highway 410. Martina Authorly was 18 years old. She was last seen on May 22nd, 1983 outside the My Place Tavern at South 188th Street and Pacific Highway South. Her body was found November 14th, 1984 near Milepost 36 on Highway 410. All of these women, like 15 years old, 16 years old, 17 years old, 18 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old. Like, literally, I have said every single age, it feels like. And mm-hmm. this man felt like he had the right to end so many women's lives. Yeah. And cut them so short. It's so sad. It's a monster. Marta Reeves was last heard from when she made a phone call to her husband on March 5th, 1990. Her body was found September 20th, 1990 on Highway 410 between mileposts 33 and 34. Roberta Hayes was last seen sometime after February 1987. Her body was found on September 11th, 1991 near mileposts 36 and a half on Highway 410. Pammy Event was 16 years old and last seen on October 26, 1983, after leaving her home in Seattle. Her body was found on August 16, 2003, near Milepost 26 on Highway 410. So, honestly, that was quite a few names there. Um, But we're not done, and we got to move on to the next location here. South Airport slash the uh, Thai Golf Course. Remains of the women listed below were all found near the sound end of SeaTac Airport and Thai Golf Course. So, if you guys remember, that's where he went to high school. That Thai High School or whatever. Yeah, that's probably, it's probably um, connected. That's probably why. Exactly. And that's probably the route that his dad would drive on the bus complaining about the prostitutes. Mm -hmm. Giselle Laverne was 19 years old. She was last seen July 17th, 1982 in Normandy Park. Her body was found September 25th, 1982 in a wooded area near South 200th Street and 18th Avenue South. Constance Non was 21 years of age. 
She was last seen on June 8, 1983, at 6 p.m. near South 188th Street and Pacific Highway South. Her body was found October 27, 1983, in a vacant lot near South 192 um, and 28th Avenue South. Kelly Ware was 22 years of age. She was last seen on July 17, 1983, at a bus stop at 22nd Avenue East and East Madison Street and last heard from on July 18, 1983. Her body was found October 29, 1983, in the 2500th block of South 192nd Street. Mary Bridget. That's where she was taken, or that's where she was found. Sorry. Her body was found. Right, 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 right. Okay. Mary Meehan was 19 years of age and last seen at the Western Six Motel near South 165th Street and Pacific Highway South on September 15th, 1982, at 8:30 p.m. Her body was found on November 13th, 1983 at South 192nd Street and 27th Avenue. So, mm, body was likely pretty uh, pretty much bones, I would assume, by then. Yeah. Actually, yeah, a number of them were, like, mm -hmm. completely decomposed, yeah. Yeah, and there was two that they were never able to identify. Yeah. Andrea M. Childers was 17 years of age, she was last seen on April 14th, 1983, about 12 p.m. at a bus stop on 21st Avenue and Union Street. Her body was found October 19th, 1989, in a wooded area near South 190th Street and 24th Avenue South. Moving areas now to Tigard or Tigard, Oregon. Denise Bush was 23 years of age. She was last seen October 8th, 1982 at 12.30 p.m. at the Moonrise Hotel at South 144th Street and Pacific Highway South. Her skull was found in Tigard, Oregon on June 12th, 1985. Shirley Marie Cheryl was 19 years old. Shirley Marie Sherrill was 19 years of age and was last seen in October slash early November 1982 in the Chinatown area of Seattle. Her body was found on June 14, 1985 in Tigard, Oregon. North Airport slash Ballpark. So moving locations once again. Um... <clears throat> So all of the remains of the women we're about to list were found north of SeaTac Airport near a ball field, which makes me wonder about his son, how old his son was at this time, and I don't know. Yeah. It's fucked. Shonda Summers, 17 years of age. She was last seen October 2nd, 1982 at 5 p.m. on Pacific Highway South. Her body was found August 12, 1983, in a vacant lot near South 146th Street and 22nd Avenue South. Cheryl Wims, she was 18, last seen May 23, 1983, leaving a residence in the 2100 block of 21st Avenue South. 
Her body was found in a wooded area near South 146th Street and 16th Avenue South on March 22nd, 1984. So we mentioned the two remains of bones found that did not get identified. One of those was found here. The remains of a white female between 14 and 18 years of age were found on March 21st, 1984, behind the ballpark at South 146th Street and 16th Avenue South. Highway 18. Remains of the women uh, that we are going through now were all found near Highway 18 in South King County. I wonder, why can't I think of why he chose those places. I, th- I think some of them had significance to him, but I, ca- I can't remember. But Cindy Ann Smith was 17 years old. She was last seen on March 21st, 1984 at 5 p.m. on 28th Avenue South. Her body was found on June 29, 1987, near Green River Community College. Patricia Barzak was 19 years old. She was last seen near South 139th Street and Pacific Highway South on October 11, 1986. Her body was found off Highway 18 near Seattle International Raceway um, in February. And then just some other King County sites um, found in various locations. Linda Jane Rule was 16 years old and last seen on September 26, 1982 at the Seals Motel on Aurora Avenue North in Seattle. Her body was found on the campus of Northwest Hospital on January 31, 1983. Carol Ann Christensen was 29 years of age and she was last seen when she got off work on May 3rd, 1983 near South 148th Street and Pacific Highway South. Her remains were recovered on May 8th, 1983 in a wooded area near Southeast 242nd Street and 248th Avenue, Southeast in the Maple Valley area of King County. Vaughn Antosh was 19 years of age. She was last seen on May 31st, 1983 at 11 p.m. at the Ben Carroll Motel at South 140th Street and Pacific Highway South. Her body was found on October 15th, 1983 uh, near Auburn Black Diamond Road. Colleen Brockman was 15 years of age, so that's another 15-year-old. She was last seen in the downtown Seattle area on December 28th, 1982. Her body was found on Javita Boulevard in Pierce County, Washington on May 26th, 1984. Mary West was 16 and last seen around 2 p.m. on February 6th. 1984 at Rainier Avenue South and South Ferdinand Street. Her body was found on September 8, 1985 in a wooded area of Seward Park at the base of a tree. Deborah Estes was 15 and she was last seen on September 20th along Pacific Highway South. 
Her remains were recovered on May 30th, 1988 in the 200th block of South 346th Street. Patricia Yellowrobe was 38 and was last seen in the Seattle area. Her body was found in Seattle on August 16th, 1998 in the 9400th block of, of Des Moines Memorial Drive South in King County. April Butram was 18 years of age and last seen at a bus stop at the Rainier Valley between uh, August 18th and September 1st, 1983. Her body was found August 30th, 2003 on Southeast 96th Street, just east of uh, the Snoqualmie Parkway. So, last seen, 1983, found 2003. Insanity. Marie Mulver was 18, and she was last seen getting into a truck at a 7-Eleven store um, by Pacific Highway South. Her body was found September 27th, 2003, um, at 65th Avenue South. Um, Now, the next four women that are listed here are on the official Green River homicides list, but they remain missing today. Right, they haven't found them yet. Yeah. Cassie Ann Lee was a 16-year-old girl. She was last seen on August 28th, 1982, in the area of South 200th Street and 30th Avenue South. This area is just east of Pacific Highway South. Becky Marrero was 19 years of age. She was last seen on December 3rd, 1982, when she left her hotel room at South 168th Street and Pacific Highway South. Kelly McGinnis was 18 and was last seen on June 28th, 1983, along Pacific Highway South. Patricia Osborne was 19 years old and last seen October 28th, 1983, when she left an area at North 115th Street and Aurora Avenue North in the city of Seattle to walk to a nearby restaurant. That's the that's the end of the victims? That's the end of the victims. So that took a long time to get through those victims, and it just kind of shows... Longer than the first freaking chapter, I know. And I feel like that that says a lot because you weren't able to go into any kind of detail about these victims because of how many, and this isn't like a deep diving podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so the details of every one of these women has a family, has a life that deserves to be remembered had passions, had hobbies, had things they were good at, things they hated. There was so much about each and every one of them, and we can't talk about it because it takes up an entire chapter just going through their names, like when they were last seen, Mm -hmm. where they were last seen, and where they ended up. Yeah. Horrible. And just because they're prostitutes or street people doesn't take away from their right to be remembered and you know, treated with respect, like like sex work is real work. That's right. And um, <clears throat> another thing that we've been kind of talking a lot about with um, with the Delphi case, 
um, there, one of the examples that I recently used on, on a, a YouTube live stream, because they were discussing the Delphi murders and how Abby and Libby were found. And people are kind of stuck on the word staging and posing. And I brought up Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer, because sometimes these guys do things with their victims that have absolutely no meaning to it whatsoever. For example, most of these girls were just kind of dumped or rolled down a hill or kind of, you know, laid where they landed type thing, I want to say. But there was the one victim, Carol Ann Christensen. She she was found fully clothed. She had two uh, dead fish on her chest. She had an empty wine bottle on her stomach and um, sausage in her hands. So obviously when the police found this body like that, they they didn't immediately connect it to the Green River series because of how she was left. And then when they did, decide that it was part of it they were trying to figure out what the meaning of all that was like if there was like a biblical or some other message the killer was trying to get across fast forward to when he was caught and he was doing his confession they specifically obviously asked him about this and he said you know I just the the fish were on the bank of the river and I had sausage in the truck it was just in the wine bottle it was just he was literally just messing around with the body. It meant nothing to him. Um, yeah. He he claimed that that victim meant the most to him. He spent the most time with her. Um, but, at, I mean, at the end of it all, it, it meant nothing. It wasn't a signature. It wasn't something that he had planned. It was just stuff that he found there that he did. So there's really no explaining sometimes what these guys do at at their dump sites, you know, especially the ones that go back. It's fucked up. And honestly, we went through like kind of like the confirmed people mm -hmm. that ruin their lives, ended their lives, ruin their family's lives. But mm -hmm. I, I do have a few more names in a bit that I'm going to kind of flutter through that have been like kind of rumored or suspected to be, um, caused by him as well there there are more names yeah and i like i said i i think he wasn't able to put a face or a name to them but i think he threw out numbers like in the 80s that he was guessing yeah no it's horrible he um he's serving his 48 life sentences at washington state penitentiary so he was serving his life sentences at Washington State Penitentiary. In May 2015, he was transferred to USP Florence High in Colorado. This decision was met with backlash from the public, and many complaints were made to Washington State Governor J. Robert Inslee. Months later, in October of the same year, he was transferred back to Washington State Penitentiary. Ridgway has been considered a suspect in the disappearances and murders of several other women not attributed at the time to the Green River Killer, but no charges have been filed. So, let's go through those names. 
unidentified black female, possibly named Michelle, unknown, December 1980, undiscovered. Christy Vorak, 13, missing October 31st, 1982, undiscovered. Patricia Ann LeBlanc, 15, August 12th, 1983, undiscovered. Rosemary Curran, 16, um, last seen August 26, 1987, to August 31st, 1987. So between those days. Darcy Ward, she was 16, April 24th, 1990. Cora McGurk who was 22, last seen July 12th, 1991. Out of those names, a little uh, weird, but I, I like. I think these names come from families who suspect that their loved ones went missing due to this man, mm. um, due to similar, you know, areas, lifestyles, yeah. and time frame, which I'd say is a pretty fucking safe bet, too, honestly. Absolutely. Um, but kind of interestingly enough, Cora McGurk was the mother of NBA player Martel Webster. She disappeared when her son was four years old. Mm-hmm. So Ridgway was long suspected for the 1987 murder of Rosemary Curran, a 16-year-old addict and prostitute. But uh, apparently he was uh, recently ruled out as a suspect, so... Whether that be from DNA or whatever, maybe there was somebody else kind of doing some copycat work at the same time. Felt like he could get away with things because there was somebody doing more, bigger stuff in the area. Um, like if her remains were found, they would have tested it. I mean, I don't I don't think they'd clear anybody um, if they didn't know for sure. So they probably they probably cleared him Delta. with DNA. <laughs> There. Well, well, yeah, you'll you never know is 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 the gist of that, but that is all we have for this. Honestly, it's going over a bit in time, but I just like to add one thing. Like when he was, he obviously took a plea deal to plead guilty to confess to all of those. I think forty eight um, murders. Um, and then the families were able to come in and give victim impact statements and Gary Ridgway sat there and he was just like totally stone cold and didn't didn't flinch basically until um uh Rebecca DeMauro, her I believe father stood up and said actually I've got a direct quote here um, quote, Mr. Ridgway, there are people here who hate you. I'm not one of them. I forgive you for what you've done. You've made it difficult to live up to what I believe, and that is what God says to do, and that is to forgive. He doesn't say to forgive just certain people. He says, forgive all. So you are forgiven. And um, that made Gary Ridgway cry like a baby in his... Um, victim victim impact statements hearing i'm also i'm reading that in january of 2021 through genetic testing the remains of a teenage girl found in 1984 in 1984 were identified as 14 year old wendy stevens 
a reported oh. runaway and Ridgeway's youngest known victim. So perhaps he went as young as 14. Which Sicko. is crazy. The damage that one man can do is astounding to me. It's so crazy. I know. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just crazy that he, like, he hasn't killed himself and he hasn't been executed. Like, you don't really see many, like, serial killers of that stature mm-hmm. not being not here anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. shouldn't it be dead? Shouldn't it be gone? <laughs> shouldn't yeah. it be, like... There are a number of them, though. Like, um, BTK is still alive and kicking, and the happy face killer, Keith Jesperson, is still... Mm-hmm. He's still alive. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Ed Kemper might even still be alive um, but the thing is because of what they do and part of their plea is that they're usually in segregation right they're kept in their cell 23 hours a day so they're mm-hmm. they're pretty protected so unfortunately um my opinion only but jeffrey dahmer got probably the best just sentence after he was sentenced to life he was beaten to death by a fellow inmate so that you know maybe that's cruel or whatever and i'm not 100 percent on board with an eye for an eye because if i was this guy would have eaten him too but you know what i'm saying that's the thing it's not like really an eye for an eye like i get like not killing people over killing a person like i get it but like when it hits the 40s it's not an eye for an eye it's like actually i think that there's a video or a movie or something that i've seen through tiktok that i really want to watch and it's about a man who gets arrested and but in or goes to jail but instead of like a normal jail society it's uh like every day or every so many weeks or whatever they take a limb they take a, a part from him so <laughs> I mean, not an eye for an eye, but maybe a foot oh. for a foot, a uh, finger for a finger. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. You're nothing. You would be a torso, a sewed up torso to sit there. I mean, it is what it is. I'm I'm all for human rights and all that, but at the same time, there's got to be a form of punishment when it comes to serving a sentence. He, but you're no longer you're no longer human if you take that many other humans' lives. In my opinion, you're. I agree. Like we're all animals, but you can't act like a fucking. I don't know an animal with rabies. <laughs> and how many, how many lives, has he destroyed? And do you know what I mean? Like when, mm. when kids lose their parents too young, especially over something so tragic and horrific. It probably had such a negative effect on the kids, and some of them might have had, you know, really troubled childhoods as a direct result of it. So, the ripple effect of the damage that he's done is probably still going on to this day. You know what? According to Matthew, like Ridgeway's son, who, by the way, is like less than a year uh, younger than you. bt dubs (laughs) um he described his father as being calm like a calm individual who never raised his voice and said that he engaged in activities such as camping trips teaching matthew how to play baseball Eh? 
that's one of the dump sites and consistently yeah. attending school concerts and soccer practices. Yeah. And if, I mean, we don't have to get into it, but if we think about the children of these serial killers that grow up to be outspoken adults, I guess Carrie Rawson is um, Dennis Rader's daughter. And mm -hmm. she's just, she's still going back and putting pieces together of some morbid things that happened when she was a little girl and growing up and connecting them to some of the activities that his, her dad has been convicted for. Just yeah. going back, like stupid little things like pictures of a victim with her grandmother's, in her grandmother's basement, that kind of stuff. And it's still, to this day, triggering her, right? Like, Yeah. How could it but, not? It's horrible. It, it's sad. And then, like, the victim's families, like I said, they're, they're still victimized. So... It's too bad that we don't have the time to give them all the time and the spotlight that they deserve, but I think you did a really good job. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. If you don't mind giving us a five-star rating, it will help our show grow. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube at True Crime Story Podcast, where the discussion can continue. If you wish to contact us, you may do so via Facebook or email at truecrimestorypod at gmail.com. I'm Bree. And I'm Char. And we'll see you in the next chapter. Bye. Bye.